Welcome to Gardening Naturally with Jeff Ferris. Call or text Jeff now with your gardening and landscape questions. 512-836-0590. Hey, good morning, gardeners. What a lovely day. Nice, crisp morning. Not going to be too hot. Uh, And we get to uh, enjoy uh, a celestial event today. The eclipse. Unfortunately, I'll be in my office where I can't see it, but the ring of fire eclipse will appear today. Depending on where you are in Texas will determine how long the ring of fire will show. Please remember to wear protective glasses. You don't want to be staring at, basically staring at the sun just because the moon's covering it doesn't mean it can't hurt your eyes. Um, This is a relatively rare event, though eclipses occur all the time. They just don't always occur where we are. So we get quite an opportunity today. Now, speaking of how beautiful today was or is, you really... uh, You really are going to get a wake-up call here soon. Let me talk about that in a minute. Let's go to the phone. This is Camille. Camille, what can I help you with? Yeah, good. Thank you. Thanks for taking my call. Uh, I wanted to ask you, I was waiting for Saturday to ask you, I've got some sages that just just couldn't take the heat, and they're just dead-looking. I mean, I I know they'll come back, but should I go ahead, can I go ahead and cut them back? real low right now and hope to get some flowers before the cold, cold weather, or should I just leave them alone and cut them back in the spring? They're going to look terrible for you. It's okay to cut them back now. I wouldn't be too over-enthusiastic about trimming them back, maybe up to half in terms of a cut, and they could still encourage new growth and blooming before uh before we get our first freeze going to be close but yeah you can cut them back so they don't look so ragged and they will put on new growth and bloom for you it's going to be a race though normally we get that first we normally get that first frost sometime around the first of december uh-huh. Now, okay. it could be it could be 10 days from now or it could be 2 months from now. But you're okay. okay trimming them back either way. Okay, and can I ask you one more question? Yes, ma'am. Okay, I'm putting out Skywalker boxwoods for a privacy hedge and I'm putting them out as soon as they arrive in about 2 weeks. And I've got a real narrow space. It's about five feet. That's why I chose those. Um, And I wanted something thick. And I'm wondering if you can give me any tips for putting them out. Um, Two things. You picked a good time because the temperatures will be lower. The plants are going to suffer less stress being transplanted. The other thing is you want to amend the soil, not so it's super rich, but you want a good tilt 
to it. You want to make sure it has decent drainage. We are going to get rain at some point. And unfortunately, it may be a deluge of rain. Those newly planted boxwoods are going to want to have good drainage. They'll enjoy the water, but they don't want to sit in wet all the time. Okay. The area is a little bit sloping, so it actually is has a bit of a slope. So I don't think that'll be a problem. Uh, should I put mulch around them after I plant? That's always a good idea because, if nothing else, you help prevent weed growth. It'll help okay. keep the moisture consistent, and when we have hot summers, it'll keep the sun off the soil so the soil stays cooler. So mulch is always a good thing, especially if you've already got it set up so you have the really good drainage to start with. The mulch will, at the very least, keep the weeds to a minimum. Okay. Okay, good. And when you said amend the soil, you mean like with some peat moss or something? No peat moss. That's not necessary. You can use a good quality compost by the bag, by the truckload, but compost is what you want to amend the soil with. Up to a third of the hole can be filled with uh, compost blended with the soil that's there. Okay, great. Okay. And should I put fertilizer in there before, let's sprinkle a little organic fertilizer before I put them in or no? Uh, it shouldn't be necessary. Um, you can wait till spring. Um, if you have something that's good low numbers, you don't want anything with, you know, double digit numbers if you can help it. And uh, just a little bit is not going to hurt anything. Organic fertilizer is taken up when the plant wants it. It's not forced into the plant. So doing it now is not going to hurt anything, and it kind of gives them something to eat if they want it. Okay, okay. And would that apply to all my plants? Is it kind of a bad time of year to fertilize, period, to try to get some blooms on them? Not now. I, excuse okay. me. It's not a bad time now because we're finally cooling off. You have lo less and less risk of burning the plants. And just a little bit of fertilizer can help them come back from the terrible heat. Okay, Jeff, thank you so much. I can't tell you how much I appreciate it. Thanks for the call, Camille. Yeah, a lot of folks are going to be talking about this. Do we fertilize? Yes, you can. You do not need a super amount of fertilizer, and you do not need super high numbers in the fertilizer. Just a little to help promote some root growth. And as a result of more roots, you will get more growth, more blooms. Lots of our plants are just now kind of shaking off the summer heat. It's nice because our weather report for the week, we do not go above 85, but we need to talk a little bit 
about the upcoming low temperatures. The nighttime lows may not be that big a benefit for all of the plants that you are growing in your garden right now. It can actually be something that's going to knock some of your plants down. I have to take a break. Let's talk about it on the other side. This is Gardening Naturally on News Radio KLBJ with host Jeff Ferris. Jeff is ready for your calls or text messages at 512-836-0590. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Let's, uh, let's go to the phone. This is Susan. Susan, what can I help you with? Hi there. Can you hear me? Yes, ma'am. Hi there. Um, my daughter has a huge um, pile of red yuccas that are totally overgrown. I want to dig them up and transplant them, which I suppose we could do now. Do you break them up and put them in the new location, or do they need to sit out for a day or so before you, you know, put them in the ground again? They do not need to sit out before you put them in the ground again. They generally are not very deep, so you don't want to dig a really deep hole and try to put them in it. And when you lift them out, like use a garden fork or something like that, and when you lift them out, you're probably going to have more than one that's going to be a bunch of them. And you should be able to carefully pull those apart so that rather than one yucca with a whole bunch put together, you're going to have a bunch of individual yuccas. If they don't come apart very easily, you can use a serrated knife, like a bread knife, to slice between them, to separate them. They should split on their own, but if you just can't get them apart, you can try that. Find a seam, cut in through it, and separate them that way. Okay, thank you. Now, my other question on that is, I'm concerned about this very severe winter we're supposed to have. Um, you think I should wait till next year, maybe, to try to transplant these? Or just not worry about what might happen in February? <laughs> yeah. Well, if if the cold isn't going to be here till February, that gives these plants about three months or more to set some roots. And that should allow them to be okay. However, base it on how valuable they are to you. If you're really concerned about it, wait till after any cold we might have. Because... If it, the cold is going to kill any of them, it's going to kill them whether you transplant them or not. Oh, you, hmm. well, they're old. They've been there for years, so they're they probably went really well established then. Yeah. So it's kind of up to you. Okay. Okay. Thank you. My next question, and I'll hang up and listen. <laughs> I have Texas leaf cutter ants. Is there anything new? They are absolutely about to take me out. Nope. nothing nothing new the only good thing about it is is they'll strip the plant they'll walk away because there's no leaves left and the plant should grow back 
Well, they, they do, but they just do it to the sun of the plants over and over. I mean, it's pathetic. It really is sad to watch. Yep, and and there really isn't a good. There's no real good product out there even to use on them to stop them from that. So, okay, not sure how to get around them. Uh, I get calls all the time, people with the same problems. Unfortunately, we still don't have a good solution. Yeah. Well, th- well thank you. Thank you very much. Yes, ma'am. Thank you for the call. Uh, Folks, listen, I'm going to make a comment about this several times today. We have had some really amazing weather. This week, this week in Austin, we're looking to get into the 40s. Now, barely into the 40s, but nonetheless. If you are in the outer parts of the listening area, If you're out there in the hill country, you will be getting cold enough this week that you will need to protect your tomatoes if they're still growing because it will be cold enough to stunt them to pretty much end their production if they're still producing. So be prepared. This cool weather is going to be wonderful but it's too cold for tomatoes. You may find it to be too cold for basil. Basil is not a plant that likes cold weather either. Cover, protect your tomatoes so they're not affected by this cold. Basil, well, you can cut the stem flush to the ground, whether it's in the ground or in a pot. And hang it upside down somewhere where, um, you know, it won't get wet. And you will wind up with dried basil that will be used all winter long until we reach the time where it's time to grow them again. So the cold is a sort of a blessing after all of this hot summer. The cold is probably going to mean your electric bill is going to go down because you're not running your air conditioner so hard. But we are looking at getting cold enough, especially you folks in the hill country, of getting cold enough of stunting or killing tomatoes, basil. Peppers are stronger. Your eggplant will not be happy in this cold. Okra will not be happy in this cold. So keep that in mind. Get your frost cloth, get your covers ready. However you protect your plant, you need to get in place now because the middle of this week, especially in the hill country, it's going to be cold. It's going to be tomato damaging cold. Today is going to be a beautiful day. It looks like tomorrow is going to be fantastic, too. So it'll be nice to go outside, and you can get everything set up and ready to protect those plants. But be prepared. You will hate it if the middle of the week, oh, gosh, I forgot, and you wake up in the morning and it was too cold, 
and you weren't ready to give up on your tomatoes yet. So keep that in mind. Keep that in mind. Folks, this is, uh, this is Gardening Naturally. We're coming to the bottom of the hour. We're going to take a break for the news. I will catch you all on the other side. This is Gardening Naturally on News Radio KLBJ with host Jeff Ferris. Jeff is ready for your calls or text messages at 512-836-0590. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Um, let's go to the phone. This is Yaga. What can I help you with? Yes, we thank you, Jeff. We have a bashman's pink, a large one uh, planted several years ago. And over the summer, despite the heat, it managed to produce two pups about a yard out uh, in, in the dry, dried up grass. Um, and it's not a good place for them to grow into large plants. So is it possible to transplant them somehow without killing them? And my other question is about a flame acanthus and a very leggy one that has flowered profusely. And when should I prune it? Okay, first question on the crepe myrtles. They have a tendency to run roots like that and pop up crepe myrtles. I have okay. one that I have been battling forever. <laughs> I don't want to transplant it. I got a 30-foot crepe myrtle, but it keeps running these shoots out, so I have to trim them down. I always cut them at ground level. Can okay. you dig them out? Yes. However... You want to be able to grab as much root as possible to successfully transplant them. Okay. So work your way around where they're coming out of the ground. You may need to go fairly far, and you probably only have root on one side of the plant because they're spreading their roots out. If you can grab as much of that root as possible, that will be a successful transplant. Now is okay. not a bad time to do so. Uh, we really need rain. So you <laughs> want to make sure that if you don't get rain, that you at least once a week water the new transplant. Right. Okay. Do they need air in the, in the soil too? Um, to that is always beneficial. That is okay. always beneficial. A light fluffy soil that has lots of little spots for air and water and nutrients, that's better soil than a big, thick clay or rock. Okay, okay. They're very forgiving. Have faith in them. They're very forgiving. Yeah, that's great. (laughs) Okay, and then the flame acanthus. Thank you, that's super. The flame acanthus, I have got one that exploded. I mean, I can't believe how big around it is. It's not blooming as much right now, but it is probably three, almost four feet in diameter and probably the same height. It has done really well lately. Um, The first frost is probably going to kill it back a little bit, and you'll be able to trim it then. Um, Okay. If you wanted to, you can lift it up, depending how big it is, use like a garden fork, lift it up some, and you can separate it 
to transplant some of it. One of the problems with this plant is that it does tend to reseed and it can become almost invasive. So you, you want to cut it back, but you don't have to do it right now. You can okay. just let it go, enjoy the blooms. The first frost will knock it back a bunch and you can trim it back then. Okay. And how far should it not be trimmed to? I mean, the, the, the branches are so heavy, they're lying down almost. Uh, yeah. Usually you can cut them back in half. Half, okay. After, after one of these freeze events that'll set it back anyway. But okay. usually you can cut it back by 50% and it will still come back just fine. Okay, because the hummingbirds love it. So. <laughs> yes, they do. Yes, they do. Yeah. It is. It is still my number two plant. My uh, uh, tur- my Turks cap. They would rather go to the Turks cap than they would to oh. the flame acanthus. But they oh. will go hit the flame acanthus. Huh. Well, can Turks cap grow in the sun? We have it just in the shade. Yes. Uh, I have one Turk's cap growing in the sun. Now, I got to tell you, it's not all day sun, but it's the hottest part of the day that it's getting sun. And it's not as big as my one growing in the shade, but it grows and it blooms and the hummers still go and get uh, nectar from it. So you can try them. You can try them. They're more forgiving than you might think in terms of sun or shade. Okay. Okay, great. Thank you so much. Thank you for the call. Yeah, folks, have have some, you know, some of these plants, oh, they're a shade plant. You know, not necessarily. When a plant grows outside of its optimal environment, whether it's too much shade or too much sun, it will not grow to its maximum capacity. So it may not bloom as much. It may not get as big, but it can still produce well enough. Let's go to the phone. This is Dennis. Dennis, what can I help you with? Hey, good morning. Yes, sir. Hey, we just planted a 100-gallon Monterey oak. Uh, it, we were just wondering, is there anything I need to do for maybe the upcoming winter? Not necessarily for the winter, but because it's a newly planted tree, you want to make sure that if you're watering it, you're consistent. You water it nice and deep. And you don't want it to be constantly wet. So you kind of want to go wet to dry watering the tree. It'll be... Yeah, that's what I've been doing. Been watering it about every four days, slow. You could for a couple You can probably uh, a go to a once a week. You could probably go to once a week. The cooler week. temperature... Okay. The cooler temperatures means the plants don't need as much water. They're not okay. under so much stress. But that's a newly planted tree, so it's going to need a little help till it really gets itself established. Okay. Yeah, we're 
can I expect uh, the growth to be better or quicker after the first year? Yes, you can. Monterey's tend to put on growth fairly fast. Compared to other oaks, they're really fast. But you okay. will see noticeable growth for sure by the second year. Mine, I couldn't okay, believe good. how fast it put on growth. Great, yeah, that's why we planted it because the, that west sun going right down on our front door. Oh yeah. <laughs> It'll fill right, out well, for you it. fairly quickly. Thank you, sir. Appreciate your always your good advice. Thank you for the call, Dennis. Yeah, folks, Monterey's, it's relative. How fast is a tree? Well, there are trees that you almost have to stand away from them so they don't knock you down. They grow so fast. And then there are ones that your children might notice them being bigger. Okay. So you just have to select the right tree and under the right conditions. If you provide it that environment it wants, the amount of water, good soil, full sun, it will grow at its best speed it can. And in terms of oak trees, Monterey's are pretty fast, relatively speaking. They will put on good growth, noticeable growth by the second year. So great tree to have. Karen, I see you there. I got to take a break. I will catch you on the other side. Folks, this is Gardening Naturally. We'll be right back. This is Gardening Naturally on News Radio KLBJ with host Jeff Ferris. Jeff is ready for your calls or text messages at 512 836 0590. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Let's go to the phone. This is Karen. Karen, what can I help you with? Hi, good morning. How are you? A beautiful day. Beautiful day. I agree. Um, Okay, so here's my question. I have never planted fruit trees before, uh, and I planted two this year. One is a kefir pear, and the other is, well, it's an avocado tree. But they're in my backyard, and I have uh, a yard side of my yard, which is Bermuda grass, but the trees are kind of integrated into my landscape. We will be eating the fruit from these trees, but before I do any kind of, you know, any kind of fertilizing or anything to the grass or, you know, to the trees, I want to make sure that I don't do anything that would harm the trees or allow us not to eat the the fruit from the trees. Okay. If you're going to fertilize the turf and the trees are growing in the turf, just select an organic fertilizer. There are a lot of them out there, and they're all very good. They will make your turf look great, and they won't hurt the trees, and you get to still eat the fruit. So um, Medina makes one. There's one called uh, 824. Uh, You can find that at, uh, let's see, you're in New Braunfels. That's kind of a big haul. Uh, Medina makes <laughs> yeah. one. Um, Nature's Creation makes one, and mm. they're really good. They uh, they are good organic fertilizers. They will make your turf look great. They actually will benefit the trees. So there are choices for you that you're not going to have to worry about. 
gosh, what did what did I put down that's going to wind up in what I'm eating? Uh, I hate to be Debbie Downer here, but good luck on the avocado. Okay. <laughs> it's the first time I've ever planted one, so my expectations are real low. <laughs> okay. They will grow. And in New Braunfels, you're in a closer to an acceptable environment for them than you would be up here in Austin. But okay. they cannot handle a freeze. Okay. And they get to be a big tree. If you, if you can get them to grow to their size, you're never going to be able to cover them. Okay, I see. I see. Hmm. But okay. they will be a very attractive tree while they're growing. And depending on the variety you got, and I'm sorry I'm not a pro in all of the varieties, some of them need two trees to pollinate, and some of them do just fine by themselves. Right. But um, if, if, you pick a, if you pick an avocado, you've got to call me back and tell me. Okay. Uh, one last question, though, about, um, I don't have any pests that I know of, but in treating uh, the turf or anything, as long as I stay organic with any kind of um, something that controls pests if I need to, am I okay? Yeah. Okay. What you want to avoid is what they call systemics. Okay. Systemics work by being drawn into the plant, all of the plant. That includes the fruit, so that if an insect bites it, the insect gets poisoned and dies. Well, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm going to eat that fruit. What, what happens right. to me? So no systemics okay. in caring for your plants. And um, anything that says OMRI listed, O-M-R-I, is a good choice. That you, you don't generally have to worry about uh, bad side effects for you or the environment using an OMRI-listed fertilizer. Okay, well, great. Well, I'm so glad I called this morning. Um, lots of good information. Appreciate it. Well, thank you for the call, Karen, and good luck. Like I said, you pick an avocado, you got to call me and let me know. Let's go to the phone. This is, uh, this is Roger. Roger, what can I help you with? Good morning, Jeff. I spoke to you earlier in the year about the Lady Bird Johnson Wildflower Center. I want to go out there and watch some birds and butterflies. It got too hot. Um, I want to go out there in, in the next few weeks. Are they having any type of sales, or do they sell all the time out there? And uh, I like to. Add, I, I would like to add to my cactus collection if I could. And I don't. Know, I, I don't know if they or have anything in that line out there. I, I can't answer that. I don't know. They don't generally advertise their sales with me. However, the Austin Organic Garden uh, Club, if you go to their Facebook page, they'll point you down to the Austin Cactus Society. And they have lots of sales and events for the various cacti. Uh, this is probably a great time to go to the Lady Bird Johnson. Aside from the temperature is so nice, we're in the middle of a southerly migration for many, many different types of birds. I had an Oreo the other day at my bird bath. Um, I'm getting the, what is it, the ruby crown kinglet, the little itty bitty bird. 
um, things that don't normally show up are uh, migrating through here now. And you may get to see a lot of them at the Lady Bird uh, Johnson Garden Center. So as for sales, you probably could do better with the cactus ones by looking up the Austin Cactus Society You'd be able to find out all of their uh, choices, their selections, good information. They probably have the same thing at Lady Bird, but I don't know what their particular schedule is. All right. Well, I definitely appreciate the information, Jeff. You have a great day. Well, enjoy enjoy the Oh, yeah. Thanks for the call. Yeah, I had to twist that knife in there, Roger. I can't get outside to enjoy the eclipse right now. Um but I will definitely be able to see it. Uh, there are probably going to be weather reports and everything all day long about it. Um, folks, this is Gardening Naturally. Coming up on the top of the hour, we need to take a break for the news. Uh, I will catch you all on the other side. <laughs> 